0: Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom.
1: Hello there everyone and welcome to that 6++ Plus Show. You will notice that I am not Tom. He is currently putting the world to rights with Davy, and they are having a great time fielding a battle report. Um, but we will get through this together because I am joined by three fine gentlemen. Aaron, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm oh, not bad.
2: How's the world of Warhammer treating you in the past week? Um, yeah, it's treated me pretty well, actually. Yeah. Nice bit of gaming, bit of uh, painting, modelling, all going well. Is it, is it still the orcs? It is we've finished. Uh, I'm just finishing the bases on another five uh, squig rocket uh, storm boys, and I currently have 10 commandos on my desk that are getting painted up with uh, purple camouflage trousers. Of course,
1: it's beautiful. So, last time we checked, you were about a third of the way through the army. Is that mm-hmm. still about a third of the way through the
2: army, or are we a bit. Yeah, we're still about a third, maybe yeah, touching over. But I, I've got two kill rigs to do, which obviously take up a lot of the army and uh, time. So yeah, it's a bit, we're approaching halfway. Uh, but you have been doing pretty well them
1: because you filmed a battle report with Tom, didn't you? And that was a very enjoyable watch. So listen, yeah, a time time to Um make sure you check that out. I am also joined by Lewis, who made such an impression when he joined. We're like, you know what? We need this guy in our lives. You know, he's running events for us. He's one of the very few players in the world who has identified that the Knight Valiant is top-end competitive. And so he's gone, you know what? I'm going to push myself even further. And he is going to make another army one of the top armies in the world. Um, And he's going to spot this for everyone. So, Lewis, um,
0: welcome. What have you been working on recently? Thank you very much, Chris. Well, I've been working on my Imperial fists because imperial it's fists. unacceptable that they have an 18% win rate and we'll 18, be changing that.
1: 18%
0: win rate. I, just, I mean, that's, that's
1: pretty unheard It's pretty right. poor. <laughs> that,
0: that's not ideal. What's your win rate with them, Lewis? Uh, my win rate's 100%, but it doesn't include events, so I think it's probably 0%. So I'm That's actively fine. not contributing at the moment.
1: Excellent.
0: <laughs> but um, I will do when I've got them painted.
1: <laughs> when's, uh, when's, your next, when's your event with them? When are they
0: making their debut? Uh, so I hope to have them done in time for the Gibraltar GT at the end of April. Um, okay. So uh, probably, what's that, six weeks away, seven weeks away? Um, so, uh, which is slightly scary when I look at the amount of yellow I've still got to put on models. You so. have <laughs> colour. Yes. Um,
1: so, obviously, marines doing pretty well at the moment. There's a lot of like Alpha Strike drop pods stuff out there. Um, we've got some really nasty shooting. And so, have you gone out to really embrace that with your Imperial Fists, with all the standard meta picks?
0: Uh, well, it wouldn't really be me if there were meta picks involved. So, I may or may not have 700 points of Falchion in my list for so that's two tank, volcano right? cannons it okay. is a tank it's a forge world beast from the horus heresy um somehow they've kept it alive hidden away on the phalanx i think right. it was just down like a random corridor in a bedroom yeah, that no one no one yeah. knew about and then they've brought it out ten thousand years later um and found that if you actually turns out if you strap two volcano cannons together they're actually worse than just having one volcano cannon on a shadow sword so who knew okay that's interesting so
1: you, you still managed to get a giant knight in tank form into your... Yes, into your and it's actually army. bigger than
0: a Valiant as well, which is even more exciting.
1: Okay, 700-point tank. How many wounds
0: does that have? 26. 26. Has a 2-up save. No invulnerable tank. save whatsoever.
2: No invulnerable? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: T nine at least maybe. Oh, no, tough to say. Of course, oh, it's because okay. it it came, it came out when they released obviously the original Forge World book for ninth edition, um, which has now been so massively outdated by everything that's come s- since that it's just it's just not all caught up. So as I say, it's volcano cannons. It has two of them, and they obviously that is what the Shadow Sword carries, which is currently damage fifteen and three shots or whatever it is. Yeah. The uh, the Falchion's only damage seven on its volcano cannons, and that is with the plus one damage you get for being an Imperial Fist. Um, assuming you stay in Devastated Doctrine all games. So, um, yes, not great. <laughs> okay. But it does have some las cannons on the side. You can fit it with an extra heavy bolter as well. An for extra for one. 30, heavy for 30 points or whatever it is, ridiculous. so um,
3: Yeah. I, mean, I just want to point out, ended. you were really excited about being able to hide your army. So, <laughs> I like stand kind of objectives, I'm going to sit there, you can't shoot me, and then you've got, and I've got 700 points of 26 wounds, bigger than a Valiant, and it hasn't got an Invan. <laughs> Bring on the fun.
0: No, it will. it's going to be amazing because I can put it in reserve, um, which is... Uh, it yeah, when it comes in, can it be holding oh, in 6? Oh, I don't think it can, actually. I can't <laughs> think I can put it in reserve, can I? You can in, in reserve.
3: shoot. Yeah, or move, <laughs> we can't move, shoot, charge.
0: <laughs> it's actually not that bad in combat, because it's got quite a few okay. attacks, and it is strength 9, and I think it's like damage 2. It's got the same tracks oh. that the Bane Blades has got. So you um, Bane 700 tracks
1: for a combat tank. Excellent. Yeah. cool.
0: Well, um, that's that's what people don't understand that's the uh, that's flex form. isn't it is take, i've got this massive me. gun but i'm just gonna charge it in and so see it. what you do with that <laughs> i like
1: it i think it's gonna work um, and have you gone you know what i've got this flex pick but i've got 1300 points of top quality additions is that what you've gone for are we calling heavy intercessors top
0: quality? <laughs> 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 they get one oh. shot each. They're so good. <laughs> oh
1: god. Okay, so heavy intercessors, a giant
0: yep. tank. What yep. else? And devastator centurions. Devastator Centurions. Heavy bolt, right? You... To be fair, in Imperial Fist, not actually that bad because you get uh, well, you get six heavy bolt shots per guy, and. 20, uh, 12 um, Hurricane Bolter shots per guy, which obviously all have exploding sixes. Um, heavy Bolters in devastated Doctrine obviously get extra AP. Um, and one day when they realise that they just need to reverse the nerfs on Imperial Fists, those Heavy yeah. Bolters will be damaged three. I think we'll be in 11th edition before we see that change coming. <laughs> <going by laughs> it. It's... Uh... But I do take Tor Garadon as well, who is the one of, one of the only characters that can buff non-core units. So he gives the Centurions Blister skill 2+. plus. Um, so they do hit on twos. Hmm. Um, so I think that does go some way. And obviously they ignore dense cover, they ignore light cover. Um, and uh, I think we're going to come onto it anyway later. But you can make Imperial Fist units really, really, really resilient, either in cover or on objectives. So you can put those... Um, centurions on a on a naught plus save even in combat so they they won't die very easily Um, doesn't
3: that rely on you not moving that um, not that one you could put them on a minus one save for not
0: moving um which i would i usually do on one of the heavy intercessor squads um so there is there is some play there i don't think imperial fist are actually genuinely at 18 percent win rate um i think they are better than that um you hope so. It's just finding the way, isn't it? And I probably would think a
3: falchion isn't the way to do that. <laughs> if I'm not sold me, <laughs> um... yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise the win rate. Currently at a hundred percent. We're gonna see how I'm gonna do at events. <laughs> But we're bringing the falcon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, for Gibraltar, I mean, it's going to be such an amazing event anyway. It's it's not using UKTC terrain or anything like that, so it's more about the kind of spectacle yeah. of it all, really. So, uh, it for me anyway. I think some people will be taking it more seriously than I will. But uh, um, well, to be honest, even with this... that, Lewis. There was yeah, a, a guy that went four um, two.
2: I think it was a beachhead with a uh, tower, tower, like a thousand points. Of, yeah, four well, yeah.
1: <laughs> It definitely can be done. Yeah, definitely. Well, you've heard, and when this goes, when this, when you do so well at Gibraltar, as we said, you end up on Goonhammer. We can come back to
0: the podcast and um, say this was the crowning moment. Indeed, it did. Um, It did take me probably best part of a year to start winning with the Valiants, though. So uh, okay, so next season, next ITC season, I will actually be able to help six plus plus. Excellent.
1: I like it. Um, you may also have heard the dulcet tones of Mr. Ed Fawcett, who is um, the celebrity that brings us um, such shows as uh, You, Me and UKTC. Ed, how are you doing, sir?
3: Well, unlike the other two who have had such positive things to say, uh, I'm feeling very much like um, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Um, okay. Because I've after you, I saw your message in the WhatsApp, you've been doing some practice games into yourself I thought that's a great yeah. idea. Why don't I do that? So I've been trying to learn how to beat the tower, ta- uh, the Dark Angel Menace with my Tau. Excellent. And I am, um, yeah, so and, uh, all all the Terminators and Nose Chaff makes Ed a, a dull boy. <laughs> it's, boy. It's it's been interesting. I'm I'm having a great time. Are we back like, in lockdowns again? Are we just playing playing ourselves
0: again? Is this what's happening? Have we just, well, I, I, have I just been
3: transported back to 2020? <laughs> the problem is, I'm the lone Midlands contingent of six plus plus. You guys oh. are all nice and local to each other, and um, so I get a lot of my games in on online at the moment. Not that any of you guys play it because you've got actual friends and more common sense. <laughs> so it's difficult. It is difficult.
1: So you've been uh, dark angeling it up on TTS, then
3: is that it? against myself? Yes. Against which Excellent. is just the worst possible thing I could imagine, and um, I'm probably going to do it again after we finish recording. Excellent. So I will beat them. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen just people don't stand in... on the objectives, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then they get a ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have seen people saying that it's a 20 twenty zero on WTC scoring for okay. uh, Dark Angel into Tau. and yeah. my my objective is get it to the point where I can eleven nine it. In the favor of Tao on a favorable map. If I can get to that point, I will be happy. Okay. And, well, um,
1: we can attest to the fact that Jamie Clifford got twenty owed um, by it at an event. So, good luck. We're we're if you could do that, that would be pretty amazing. In time for teams, that's mm-hmm. May. So you've got mm-hmm. till May to get that done. I'm working on it. Okay. Excellent. And viewers of the podcast will see that. Um, Ed has begun working on his very own six plus flag in the background. It's um
3: currently blank, but it's a work in progress, right? It's actually um I'm concerned that I'm, you know I'm stuck here in my room. I wanna go somewhere, so I've got a sail here to carry me away to greater fortunes. That so is. far hasn't uh hasn't worked for me.
1: Excellent. That's Beautiful. That's poetic.
3: Well, this is your first time
1: on the show, um. So I've got two really important questions for you. I'm putting you completely on the spot here. Excellent. Um, my first question for you is: How would you describe your Warhammer playstyle in just three words?
0: Ooh, that's a good question.
3: Hmm. I'll KG let everyone else answer because I'm tanky nice. Tanky shooting, I would say. What was the bit before tanky? KG, Kg tanky shooting.
1: Kg tanky shooting. Okay, yes. Aaron
2: uh friendly like uh, i don't
1: know friendly and cuddly friendly and cuddly that's your hammer play star. excellent um and this big stuff works big stuff works i think i'll go shooty shooty fighty I think that's probably how I'd that's, work. T- is that two words? Are we calling that three
0: words? Shooting Shooting comma. Oh, here we go. Comma. Sorry, everyone settling. It's going full teacher. Thank you. <laughs> and my second question
3: for you, Ed,
1: um, is what is the best Warhammer paint and why is it so tech green?
3: Well, it isn't, and you're a fool for saying that. Um, wow. Okay. I can't, I I can't believe you. you'd come at me like this. The <laughs> obvious answer is Mordant Earth because it's a texture paint and you can slap it over your models and when they dry when you've underpainted them they look like lava and that is how you paint an entire 2000 point army in a week more than and that's earth. why it's the best paint oh. yeah you know the texture cracking yeah I one yeah. people say it goes on bases they're wrong it goes on models these towel um, players are crazy yeah. so wait you put it you put it on models yes so you, you roll back! Spray yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if you spray your model red and right. then you um, give paintbrushes to two-year-olds and all, you know, yourself, whatever. Um, and you dab on orange and yellow as underpainting. Yeah. It will look like you've ruined the model. You let it dry fully and then you coat it fully with mordant earth. I'm leave that to dry. Yep. You'll think you've ruined the model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 36 hours later, you'll have wow, I've got this incredible lava crackle effect on all my models. And all it took was loads Ten of earth. I do go through a lot of them. My desk is littered with the corpses of... (laughs) (laughs) I have more down here! I have (laughs) the corpses of Borden There are more, but I'll...
0: Mm. I feel like we need a Duncan Rhodes esque style painting video <laughs> to go through that process. So what we're going to start does off not with
3: compute in my brain is one thick coat, <laughs> <laughs> which is legitimately how you put it on. If you put it on too thin, <laughs> it will not crack, and then you just get this horrible, really yeah, yeah, yeah. oily, black, black layer.
1: Wow, there you are. We are always learning. Excellent.
3: I'm not going. I did not expect
1: that answer when I asked that question. Um, right. Well. Um, from my perspective i've had a week off of painting um instead i just thought i'd spend a week staring at a laptop screen getting annoyed at tom filming in portrait mode um when he was doing battle reports and filming outside so the wind was whistling beautifully through the ears of all the um, headphone users um but then the other uh, the other day i was like you know what i haven't played for a while and i want to get out something a bit different so i got out my custodies and i got out my ad and um, as Ed mentioned, I played a game over two nights, just two turns and then two turns of Custodies versus AdMec, And it was so much fun. Um, you slow I, played yourself. I did, yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a game full of intent, played in the best spirit. Um, Custodies dice rolls were appalling. Um, the admec rolled averagely. But I haven't played my admec since like, last January when they were good. And it was a very interesting game. In the um, Admech won, won the day. So, and I enjoyed it so much that I'm actually going to play Ethnic for the next few weeks and see how it goes. Ah, they're coming back. I think they're going to come back. Because um, I'm painting my Eldar at the moment. Custodies um, are like, meh, but everyone's playing Custodies. And um, yeah, I don't really have any fighting in the army. I've only got like nine rust Stalkers, but I have got 16 Laz chicken shots. And they will kill a Falcon. That's
3: so unreasonable.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you've got 16? Well, no, there's, there's eight models and they get two shots each. So, uh, yeah, actually 16 would be unreasonable. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're good fun and they kill stuff. They do kill stuff. So, and I've got 60 troops in there and um, not much else, really.
0: Infiltrators as well. But, it takes yeah. me back to your dominance of the Saffron Slam, Saffron yeah. Slam two, yeah. three, and four. Everyone, you won all of them. Yeah, That's that was Dad uh, list.
1: That was, I, I still remember going to that tournament, and Admick were at their height, and I took four planes, and I the lists came out, and I looked down the lists, and I was like, "Oh shit, I've really <laughs> misjudged this event." <laughs> uh, it was brutal. I just, oh, I felt so bad. Just. Every Even program. our top
0: players at that at those events had uh, had taken nice lists, and then it was before we'd met. So you just rocked up with just... first one. This was like, i <laughs> good. I'm playing at mech. I take my best list, and, uh, and just creamed everyone
1: for a whole weekend. So. <laughs> got to the final, played into white scars, and everyone was just telling him just deploy on the line and hope you go first. <laughs> and he didn't go first. And we were just like, I'm really sorry for what's about to happen now. <laughs> <Because it> was... <laughs> It's just the same every time. My whole army is going to hit on twos. I'm going to fly my four planes over. I'm going to go
0: put some blobs over here and I'm going to kill half your army. I do normally try and make the players on the top tables use a clock. Um, I thought (laughs) in that occasion probably wasn't necessary. Given given 15 minutes later, you'd wrapped up and were watching other games. (laughs) uh, It's a glorious time.
1: Fun memories. Anyway, um, back to the show itself. So uh, we have got... um, a really interesting topic today. We're going to be talking about the Arcs meta. Everything's settled down a bit now, um, and we kind of want to um, offer our thoughts on how it's affecting our particular armies. I think you hear a lot of the top players out there kind of talking about the theory and what the different things are, but we want to comment it from the perspective of we play these armies, this is what we've experienced. We'll give our general thoughts on how it's going as well, but we also want to build on an episode we did a while ago, which was based around... How we think, uh, or how we thought, you might want to adapt to your lists, and now see if we've learned anything from that time period. Um, Aaron's also going to talk us through a highly competitive event he recently <laughs> went to and had a great time at, and then we've got a bunch of podcast um, questions to kind of to respond to. Um, but to begin with, we start with our Plus Weekly Roundup. So for those of you who follow us, you'll see. Um, I feel sorry for anyone on like the competitive forty k pod uh, Facebook group or the ITC group because it's almost daily. Christopher C. Stephen has posted blah blah. We we're, we're getting out like content content, um, and we have been producing our you, you me, and UKTC. So we've just Ed's just done his third one on conversion, which I think for anyone who um, plays in UKTC events is especially important one to watch because that's a brand new map. And a lot of people won't have had a chance to play it really, so it's a really interesting one. It talks about um, staging as well, and that map is very conducive to staging. Um, Davey's doing obviously his weekly bug bug watch. Um, we talked about tuneids They had a great weekend, um, and I'm sure Davey's going to love sharing that one. Um,
3: and they, they had an uh, undefeated and... list. Technically, I believe. I think. Technically. Said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah yeah technically, but you know you'll have to don't want to spoil anything you have to wait for that and watch that show. Aaron will have his towel at some point this week um in which he talks about all things towel. I recently um released a video about using the interrupt stratagem um obviously when we use the interrupt we usually use it just to try and kill something before it kills us, but I wanted to talk about how you can use it for movement purposes and also different ways in which you can play around it so we've got that out um. And Tom has also done a um GSC um video. The GSC videos are really popular. So hello to all of our Gene Steeler cult fans, because apparently there are a lot out there. They're um, in the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just done one in for his List Doctor series in which he analyzes a Iandon Wraith host list, which I've not yet had a chance to watch or edit, but I'm sure that'll be an interesting one. So yeah, check it out. Check out our Discord. All the links can be found. Um in the description below, and that is our weekly plug done. So I'm now gonna hand over to Aaron because Aaron, you ha- you got to break out the orcs. So would you like to tell us all about your um your weekend event experience?
2: Yeah, so um, John Scrivens uh, has trialled out a local um, 1,000 point um, club event. Uh, to start off, there was just eight of us um, going in. And to try and make it, I guess, a bit more partner, wife, family friendly. Uh, it was one game on Friday night and then two games on the Sunday afternoon. So like, we were, it was really nice. Didn't start until 10 on the Sunday, uh, finished by like half four. Um, so it was very nice. You weren't like dashing, a, dashing away for a whole weekend. You didn't have that incurred cost, monetary and um, uh, sort of quality time if you dearest and nearest um so the format worked really well um started off at a thousand points obviously very competitive it was uh, everyone was stoking to take it down <laughs> um, i i took a um uh, a list of orcs um and being a thousand points and it not being obviously the most competitive i didn't go mental with it so i didn't have two rigs. no no I, I just had the one i only took the just one, one.
1: Amateur.
0: Yeah.
2: 300 okay. boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just just some, like a couple of commandos, some, a couple of units of Storm Boys, some Beast Snaggers, some Gretchen, maybe Only a, you unit. know, knobs, <laughs> for truck boys, and
3: trucks, <laughs> <stuff> like that. It was <laughs> um, I took a really, really hard to kill transport. I loaded it up with the best units, <laughs> everything, and then I advanced and charged. It was
2: super chill. Bro. Yeah,
4: well, <laughs> it was, it was it was loving. Of... <laughs> Turnline <10-1 laughs> charges all around. But
2: um, then I, I think it went really well. Um, obviously, it kicked off on the the Friday night, um, and my first game was against Adam and his Emperor's children. Yep. Um, <laughs> I I deployed on the line. Um, Old. Adam made the mistake of not deploying at the back of his deployment zone. <laughs> so, because it's on the smaller boards. Oh, no. Oh, they're only four foot boards, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, turn one, I had everything of his in combat except oh, for a Venom Crawler and a Master of Possession. Um, poor bastards. Poor, yeah. poor <laughs> bastards. I think
3: that, that one finished 92 19. Um, oh, you let him get nine points at least. That's okay. good idea, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. Really, what you were doing was letting him experience his army rules in in full actuality. Because they have um, fight first everywhere, right? So he got to yeah. use that on every unit. It was great. Yeah, surely. yeah, yeah. That's a
1: good point. That's good learning. Learning. Well
2: done, <laughs> not know. Was, it was good. Um, even though it, was, it does sound a bit one-sided, it, it was... Like well, obviously, once I got that momentum going, it's very difficult. He didn't get out of his deployment zone. Yeah, yeah. It almost became a point where he had a unit of Raptors in deep strike that he couldn't actually put on the board. There was what mm. there was one tiny triangle in the midlight that he could fit in because obviously there's so many models on the board. But it was one of the most fun and entertaining games of actually 40k I've had. We were laughing, hugging, jumping. It was just. Lots of comedy throughout the whole thing. It was it was really yeah. really good fun. Um, but off the back of that, there's unfortunately at the event there was a a bit of an angle shooter player, a bit of a it's a bit unpleasant to play against yeah, and um, what you mean. taking advantage of some other people. And they ended up getting the same score as me. Classic. Uh, another ninety-two. So my opponent for round two on the Sunday that I had to dread. Having to face and having to deal with their drama and them throwing well their toys form, Tom, Tom,
1: yeah, yeah Tom. Well a very Tom yeah, absolute bastard. No one liked him, <laughs> and he did
2: not disappoint.
1: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Table flips, the whole shebang. I can imagine.
2: Yeah, he, he kept, he kept moving stuff forward more. He kept doing take backs about like hiding his he, dice and just telling me what he'd rolled and yeah, stuff like yeah. that.
1: Was he twiddling with his hair when he got nervous? He Bucky was, it, he was. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no. Had a, Isn't that a sign uh, he likes you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's got a, a thing for you. With... Sorry, I think, I think he's it. got a thing from you. They yeah. <laughs> um, no, had a lovely uh, game into Tom and his Drukari. Uh It was obviously quite strange because we both wanted to hurtle towards the opponent, but we also didn't. Like it, it was this weird thing of. Do you take aggressive secondaries? you take more passive ones? Because if you don't, if you take aggressive and go first, etc., then uh, if you don't go first, if you go first, it's fine. If you don't go first, it wasn't very good. But we both played quite cagey, and um, I made a couple of mistakes with a pile in to allow um, Tom to hop out of a transport and um, with some Harlequins and get get on some objectives that he shouldn't have got onto. Really, but it's actually a really low scoring game. I think it was 64-48 uh, or something like that in Tom's favour. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great game. And then uh, after that, I went into uh, Martin and his sisters and I was nasty again and deployed on the line. And um, I <laughs> I did go first as well uh, again this time. Um, and no, no, actually, no, Martin went first, sorry. Um, but I didn't call the wild turn one. I literally just staged everything almost as if I'd yeah. watched Ed's video. Nice. Um, and uh, let let him have my um, uh, kill rig so he concentrated everything on that. And then everything else just jumped out and went and cuddled him. And uh, we called it at the start of his turn three, I think it was. Um, and again, that was a 96 to, I want to say 28, I think it was. Uh, but again, just uh, they weren't getting out of their deployment zone again, just held him off. So... But it was it was a great way to actually get to use the orcs as well, and just start to mm-hmm. build out and figure out the units that I enjoy, yeah. and uh, just be able to use your models at a, a lower level, um, mm-hmm. lower level points cost. Overall, it was a great success. There was price support for it. I think uh, Tom ended up winning it. He, uh, took down, um, finals, he took down this uh, fun He took down Sean and his ultramarines in the final in about fifteen minutes. Um, it's a very very quick game, um, but yeah, he won a Corn Demons Combat Patrol box.
1: Excellent new army, perfect.
2: Which yeah. is <laughs> exactly what he said. Uh, I think second place got some uh, a Kill Team box of Sisters. I came third and I got um, uh, one of the Assassin models. So it's very well supported prize wise. It was uh, it was very cool. Um, everyone that uh, played it enjoyed it. It was all in very good spirit, and we are speaking about doing another one and maybe expanding out the amount of people that can come along mm-hmm. um, and even talks have been out having the possibility of being able to do like a, a 2000 point sort of one day thing with uh, some of the team with the uh, venue that we're at. So it's overall, it's absolutely huge success and success and very, very well run by John and very, very enjoyable
1: yeah absolutely and I should add that John Scrivo Scrivens has in fact joined the team as well. so we've now got two event organizers in our midst so uh, um, at some point soon that uh, you know that plus super major um, and UKTC rivaling
3: circuit will will begin. Um, <laughs> at what point does um, someone have to investigate us for having a monopoly? On the, uh, the
0: tournament yeah, I don't know. It will be soon.
1: I feel. I feel. It is it's a maybe... good
3: way to win the ITC if you just have every single
0: player. <laughs> then it's guaranteed. Then isn't it? We can't <laughs> argue with it. It's crush all opposition.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are currently in contractual talks with um, Art of War. So <laughs> you <laughs> buying them idea. out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, excellent. Well, congratulations, Aaron Sounds like great fun. And um, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we've got. Um, we've got the Southampton. Um, major coming up this weekend which um i believe some people are going to anyone any of you going Aaron, are you? Going? no i had
2: to pass on my ticket john's taken my ticket i know tom's going as well excellent
1: so uh hopefully they um do well um but for the topic of the day so arcs of omen it's been it's um starting to set some interesting um Sort of statistics out there and so what we're going to do first is we're going to kind of talk about it from our own specific angles um like our particular armies that we play um how are we finding it and then what we'll do is we'll move on to um you know maybe our general musings as well so should we start with you ed you obviously quite like tau mm-hmm. and tau were doing pretty well they had um they had two bombers and uh, people didn't like playing them and then arcs hit and People went, maybe I don't want two bombers anymore. Some mad lads carried on playing bombers, didn't they, Aaron? Um, but Ed, how mm. are you finding Tau now that you've had some games with them?
3: I think they're still interesting. I think it's it's weird. A lot of armies have a very straightforward path to go. Obviously, we've seen Custodes. They're fairly cut fairly cut, cookie cutter, or you might go for the Ten Warden Blobs. You might have you know, Iron Hands, you've got your Van Vets, you've got your Drop Pods. These all sort of make sense. With Tau. there's a lot of different ways you can build them, and I don't think we've seen the right list yet. I'm not convinced. I was playing Triptide. I don't think that's right. I think I'm going to go back to only two, Um, especially on UKTC. While there is a lot of room to hide them, there's not that much room, especially if you want to, for example, bring on a plane, turn two, hide that behind your big L. It, it's difficult to to fit them all on the board, especially with the big brick of uh, crisis suits, which I think is pretty much mandatory. Um, so I'm I'm still experimenting, and obviously dark angels are, as we were talking about before, they are bad for Tau. <laughs> um, people have been saying it's a a 20 in the favor of dark uh, dark angels. So going to see what I can do to try and twist that more in the favor of Tau, but I'm not quite sure how we're going to do that yet. Okay,
1: so in terms of the games you've played, what have you found have been the good matchups and the kind of the bad matchups? Then?
3: So I think the main problem Tau are having at the moment, because obviously their, their win rate has fallen off the cliff a little bit, which I think is in part to a lot of the players who are playing Tower well aren't playing them this season or haven't gone to events yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they're playing when it comes round. But a lot of the bad matchups are the top armies. So Chaos Demons are obviously very good and if you have the misfortune of playing into full zinch chaos demons which i (laughs) um good luck i think it's a winnable matchup but i think it sucks so you know you got to do what you got to do um what else have we got up top iron hands that's a bit of a coin flip because they can get the angles on you especially if they bait out your screening then you've got uh, dark angels obviously looking like a real problem for tau um, I think Tau are going to be fine, but I think they just need to change the lists and what that is too. I'm not sure. Okay, so, Have uh, you yeah. had
0: much thought on um, the Fisher Fury style list? Because uh, from from my limited ninth experience with Tau of my own, Tau is yeah. the strats you can put on breaches in Devilfish and things like that. They can really punch up for the value of the unit. I'm just interested <laughs> whether you, you scale that up to to an army wide sort of.
3: So, list. the list that I'm running at the moment has one squad in. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can disembark up to three squads after you've moved the, uh, the Devilfish. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't played Tau, they have a strat where after you've moved your Devilfish, normal move, you can disembark three squads from them, and then those squads get to move, shoot, do all that. Uh, this, it does depend which of your super doctrines, your or your Kalyon, you're in. But the problem is, offensively, there's only really one squad can be buffed. Yeah, so it, it it doesn't scale as well as you might think it would. So one squad's great. You get 20 shots, hitting on threes if you've got a mark Light on the squad. But then they are only eight, strength, 6, AP, 2, 1 damage. And sure, you can reroll wounds, but that doesn't go as far as it used to, especially when you're looking into you know, Wardens, three wounds, Terminators, three wounds. You end up killing not anywhere near as much as you think you might. Uh, I think they're great, but I don't think that they have the punch to to go all
1: the way interesting um i mean aaron you've obviously been to some events and that sort of stuff with your towel. um you've been field testing quite a lot how have you found the tau whole tau experience in arcs?
2: um yeah similar to like ed said it's just trying to find the right list i mean i think i've gone three two at the couple of events i've gone to with them um so they are they are still performing but yeah things like Dark Angels are very difficult, especially when you've got the land speeders in there as well. It just exacerbates the problem with them being able to get angles on you as well as just slowly march towards you with inevitable doom. But um it's just trying to find I think the struggle is to try and find a list that's gonna be able to score well and then has the tech for all of these bad matchups. Because like like Lewis said, like you could obviously try and go balls to the wall with Fisher Fury and just do all your aerospace on turn one and then just try and utilize them to be annoying and in the way but I don't think that's the way either because then you've got obviously things like Dark Angels that can use them all to slingshot across the board um, and just ends up creating a lot of problems so they're still there and like obviously I'm not the best tower player but I, technically I've got a 60% win rate with them um, so that there's still there's still something in the, the yeah. tank for them but I don't think we've really figured out the right sort of list to to go a 4-1-5-0 is the sort of problem I see.
1: What are your guys' thoughts on the um, the guard matchup? Because Jamie played it with a, a very specific list, I guess, um, at teams and got absolutely battered. Um, so do you think Tao is can build for the guard
3: matchup? Because we're gonna see that a lot. Do you wanna go first? Go first. Oh, think you go first <laughs> Alright. So I think the only thing that concerns me in the guard matchup is the non of sight shooting i think everything else absolutely fine um, i played both sides of the matchup previous to arcs and you just pick up the models a lot of the time you've got the volume of firepower to deal with the infantry horde if you can position in the places you need to be um, you can pick up the Lehman Ross pretty efficiently either with you know the the buffed cris suit blob which is re-rolling wounds if you get close enough or with if you're taking hammerheads they rip through them uh, iron riptides they you have to spike a little bit but if you're taking multiple of them you're probably going to kill one or two Lehman Russ and then you fire and fade everything back so they go oh all my great guns don't get to yeah. do anything the problem is Earthshakers have the regimental keyword <laughs> that's a problem because that will pick up pretty much anything you're bringing as a tau player it might not kill riptides i haven't run numbers on them but you don't want to be taking that on your Crisis Blob, for example. It's what's... D, is it something daft like D6 plus 3 shots? Not plus a shot. 10, not. 8, three, 2 damage? It's something unpleasant. Um, you don't want to be being hit by it on 4s and you know being pushed to invuns or not having saves because you're playing really greedy with Crisis Bricks and you can't afford to put Shield Gens on everything because it, Crisis are just too expensive. So I think if you can deal with those somehow... You're fine. If you can't, you might have a problem. And I am considering putting the um, I've forgotten the name of it. Bit of upgrade that you can put on the stealth suits that lets you teleport in turn one.
2: Yeah.
3: And then just having uh, a,
2: yeah.
3: a throwaway squad go in and go. I'm gonna try and deal with that brick, or deal with the uh, the mortars because the mortars can be a problem as well, mm. just through the volume of firepower chipping away at the crisis suits. Mm. So if they don't have great non-liner site shooting i think you just win if they do you have to deal with it early or get chipped away at yourself which tau doesn't enjoy
1: i think um when jamie played his game it was so this is an interesting thing also we found that the guard redeploy happened to step after the tau redeploy Mm -hmm. so guard got first turn tau redeployed and then guard got to redeploy and um guard can obviously be quite maneuverable with their tanks and that sort of thing, and he was just able to come downside and blow a huge hole, mm-hmm. kind of a flank. So it might be mission dependent and that sort of thing mm-hmm. Terrible, um, I guess. Aaron, have you had uh, any further thoughts on your orcs? Um, as in
2: how they are doing at the mm-hmm. moment? Method, yep. I think they do. I think they're in a really, really good place. Um, I don't think you've seen a, a massive representation coming through for them. But like they won an event this weekend, they had a six-zero list this weekend uh, that came second. So that there's a lot of play to them. They have got a very good secondary game, and the the pressure lists that you can build with them just give your opponent too much to do. Because like like I uh, was saying with the um, with the matchup with Tower into Guard, similarly, like I found like if you can keep all your stuff out of the way and just pop out and get rid of their stuff and hide again, you're grand. You can't do that against orcs because they're just cuddling mm. you turn one We're and dead. turn two. Yeah. It's exactly what you don't want. Um, and I think, uh, again, that the orcs are able to get into the backfield of the the guard with the storm boys. Um, you've just got the kill rigs that are just annoying. And then when you get rid of them, a load of pops out. So I, I think they're in a really good position. Um, they really like going into GSC for one. And yeah. that's
0: what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all sounding very positive for the Orcs um, yeah. I wonder, Aaron your thoughts, would you now finally say that the Orcs have enough DACA? <laughs> Uh
2: They don't want the
0: thing. <laughs> 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 you, you remove all interested. the You've finally yeah. given them all the DACA they could take, you can take as much DACA as you want and they don't want it They don't want yeah. it but that is, um,
2: yeah I think they're in a really strong position at the moment because I think I'm not sure what it is I don't know if it's that the player base doesn't want doesn't play competitively overall or people don't want to put the the time in to have such a large army hence why you obviously have maybe some smaller um, contingents repping GSC but I think their win rate in the hands of a good player is better than what they're showing up as and they're showing up as pretty okay at the moment.
1: Do you think you've got any bad matchups?
3: Uh... Imperial Fists. Sorry? <laughs> bolters, Imperial Fists, all those bolters, high output. You know, we're I, gonna see I look at back. big squads. <laughs> I could
0: chew through big squads quite happily. Um, I think it,
2: it depends on the builds and that, because I guess in obviously you've got who you goes first, but if you've got a load of commandos that are there to sort of tie up Uh, like turn one the the shooting units you've got storm boys that come in like advancing 18 inches towards you then charging on the go turn there's a lot of stuff there that can just neuter your opponent's ability to shoot um and like you just need to even if you get into a unit in front of them you just need to get an like you've got the strat to pile like consolidate and pile in six inches both times so you can pretty much tag whatever you want with a unit of boys once you get them in there um so I think surprisingly, actually, I've I'm, I'm not played them enough to figure out what I'm sure they've obviously got a bad matchup. I don't think, surprise, surprise, the Dark Angels Terminator build is a great to say. Matchup. How
1: do they feel about running into a bunch of uh, models they can only wound on a, um, a four-up which have Storm
0: Shields?
2: Well, there's a way you can find out by watching the bat rep that will be coming out soon when it gets finished between uh, my Orcs and John's Dark Angels. Um, but I think against, essentially, I think against the Dark Angels, you've almost got to r- bum rush all of their mobile units and sort of leave, the, leave them their own avenue to come through the middle if they want, but don't help them by putting stuff in there and just, you just try and hem them up in their deployment zone because they can't charge to get across if there's another unit sat behind it. and It just allows you to deny their primary and secondaries. Um, By tying them up, it stops them from being able to get Codex Warfare on the heavy weapons, etc. So it works out, and then they don't want to fall back because if they take over for moments and they're going in the wrong direction, it all affects their movement. So I don't think it's great, and I think you've definitely got to tech towards it, possibly with like the Killer Claw and some knobs or Mega Knobs with Power Claws to have the AP, to get through the terminators but i don't think it's as bad as um it could be for some armies so overall i think they're in a pretty good spot um yeah i'm not sure what would be terrible for them to be honest i think they've got game into everything best place to be right
1: yeah um you hear them you hear that they're doing pretty well and as you say it's a bit bit surprising that they're not necessarily posting results up because when it was whatever 20 buggies everyone was like yeah i'll build all the buggies but now no one wants to put in the hard graft and paint 150 orc models Is it's all kill rigs it's a weird one isn't it yeah. um lewis you are as we've already established a fan of the
0: high-end army so <laughs> let's start with imperial knights what are your thoughts on them at the moment We'll start with knights. I think it's interesting actually because the um, the win rate uh, prior to um, prior to Arkham and I, I thought the knights would actually be kind of on an upper um, with uh, with bits and bobs, but they, they seem to have gone. Um, they seem to have gone the other way. They seem to have dropped a little bit. um I think they're still sort of in, in the high 40s, but they they're they're not where they used to be. Uh, but broadly, I think they're probably sitting around about the middle of the pile, which I think realistically is where i think knights will always be um yeah, I, 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 yeah they, they are the kind of can you kill me list sort of thing if you can you'll be all right and you'll probably do well in the event if you can't you're going to get absolutely smashed sort of thing <laughs> um so obviously the big knights um it's it's sad to say obviously with with some of the, the shooting buffs and some of the new and some of the armies like guard and, and iron hands and tau kind of bring in all the big guns that obviously doesn't help the big knights because you can't really hide them very well um but you can obviously um put stuff in reserve which is not something you could do previously um and i think that might take a little bit of learning for knight players for me definitely as well learning when i should put valiance in reserve and when i shouldn't is is going to be sort of tricky decision to make um and um that i think gives you gives you some options to play with the big knights um because it allows you to put uh, uh, the firepower of in my case a tooled up valiant exactly where i want it on the board really turn two turn three um without it getting shot beforehand which is obviously amazing because it's not something i've ever been able to do before hmm. um the knight secondaries have remained quite strong um there, there's still some there's still some secondaries you can get pretty easy sort of 10 plus points on um and uh you're not ever really short sure of being able to kill stuff when you're running knights, um, yeah. and I think I think a lot of the top knight players still running the the armature spam list, which which obviously for me controversial point I don't like. It doesn't feel like a knights list if you're not running any knights, but that's that's just me. <laughs> um, so uh, that's I think that list still still works, um, and, uh, and I think you can still do quite well with it. Um, but I think realistically they're going to sit in the middle, and they're probably that's where they'll always be.
2: Yeah, so it's, no, you, I think... let's say sorry, Chris. Uh, would do you think it makes a massive difference on the terrain layout? Because looking at some of the stats that are popping out, like the knights are actually doing better than I thought they would in the UK compared to the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? the UK win rate's a lot higher than it is elsewhere. I don't know whether that's obviously it could be a number of factors on that, couldn't there? They could be. It could be down to the UKTC terrain is is quite good for shielding the armature lists in particular there's lots of places they can hide on that on that sort of layout um or it might be that you've got some really really good night players in the uk obviously me clearly (laughs) Uh, no obviously i'm I'm taking the Mick, um but yeah it could be that and i think the uh, terrain in particular is is a challenge because i've actually found the uk tc terrain doesn't favor my list in particular uh, especially against things like towel like ed was saying in, in the fact that you can move out shoot everything then jump away it's, or in, in the case of the big knights you just don't even need to move out you can just stay where you are shoot and you can't be shot in return so um but as i say with the with the reserving i think that allows you to get get around a lot of that um I'll probably if i'm allowed chris i'll plug a a different youtube channel uh, <laughs> <I've>, yeah <laughs> um, it's one in essex um bfs oh. wargaming i've just played my they're doing like a um, knockout tournament so i've just played my knights into tau um with the two valiants. so you can watch me uh use the valiants to uh to get to glory um against the uh, against the towel well that's, uh, i'm always a fan of Tau losing so. <laughs> <laughs> um and i and made massive use of being able to put stuff in reserve and hide stuff so um yeah, it's it's interesting time for nights, I think. Um, I just think they're, they're always going to sit in the middle and there's not a huge amount you're going to be able to do to change that because I think if you get to a point where they can start winning 80-90% of their games, I think something's gone seriously wrong with the uh, with the balance of the game at that point because they are such a skew army, aren't they? It's you, so hard to balance to create yeah. a book where they can
1: win events but not dominate events yeah. because of their style, as you say. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, and I guess we should cover the... Multitude of Imperial Fist fans at this to All uh, three of them. <laughs> in the world. So, um, Imperial Fist talk to us about how important they are in the current meta.
0: Yeah, I, I think Imperial Fist are interesting because they say something about the Space Marine Codex, which yep. I think is interesting, in that you can have a sub faction like Iron Hands getting 60 70% win rate. Obviously, I think they're sitting at 50%, but you will account for the Whirlwind of Rage, whatever weird combination of uh, of yeah. sub factions you can get which is sitting at like 70 percent win rate so uh-huh. you can get a combination of that space marine codex to such ridiculously high win rates and yet you can have another section of that codex on on such okay. low win rates exactly um and i just i just don't that doesn't make sense in my head because the basic space marine codex as it stands i think is really really strong i don't know whether you guys agree or not but i think you've got really really good secondaries that are really easy to build into you've got very cheap units now, so you can actually have quite a lot of good stuff um, and a lot of flexibility in what you want to do. Um, and I don't necessarily know how. Obviously, Iron Hands do add to that, and Salamanders do add to that by by buffing that shooting even more. But I don't understand how Imperial Fists change that to be so bad that it goes so far the other way. It just in my head, it doesn't make sense. Is it the player base? Well, it, it um, I don't know, it could be it could be that because they have been traditionally so bad that you've probably, you've probably got the players that have picked them up that are the players that just love Imperial Fists, quite yeah. rightly, I would say. <laughs> Whereas you've got the, the players who are looking to play the
1: strongest armies and they've got their beautiful blue army or black army or green yeah. army and they're going to play it as whatever the secret source is at the time and that is obviously Iron Hand's successors at the moment. Exactly. Um, and I sorry. think that,
0: that might actually feed into a discussion for a diff- another day as to how how much weight we should be putting on win rates as a way of monitoring the success of, of the game or the balance of the game. Because if you, you it would work in a scenario where everyone just kind of played the same thing and and didn't change around too much. But as soon as someone identifies something that's really strong, everyone just jumps on it and it just massively skews the stats in the direction of whatever someone's discovered to be quite strong. And I think that's that's not a particularly reliable way of looking at things, but people that are much better at maths than me would, would be able to say much more to that. Well, funny you should really
1: say is, um, <coughs> recording, literally today, Goonhammer posted an article about this exact topic. So we'll put ah. Goonhammer here because uh, we are part of the Goonhammer Media Network. And so we, um, yeah, guys, guys, go check it out. Go to Goonhammer and they've done a really interesting article. They discuss the merits of um of anyway. so what we will do as a collective is read that and then rip it off and deliver it to everyone as a podcast and uh, we can we can do that for you. <laughs> we just read uh, it out <laughs> yeah just read it out just be a beautiful we'll get tom and ed you know the dream vocal chords just with um davy shouting random shit <laughs> Screaming in the microphone. Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) and it'll be fun. Um, But yeah, no, I think the the Imperial Fist, I think that there's play in there. I I will drag it out. I think actually the Imperial Fist secondary is quite good as well. It's the same as the sisters one. Just jump on an objective and get four points for doing an action on it, as long as you're alive the next turn, which with Imperial Fist being able to get bonus to their saves on objectives and bonus to their saves being in cover. I mean, you can get heavy intercessors on a zero plus save in your deployment zone as long as they don't move. Like, as, that, as that's quite to difficult to sh- de- <laughs> de- <laughs> well exactly i mean you do it on normal intercessors you do it on putting minus one save on centurions whatever flavor of marine you want i think you can you can really boost them on objectives especially if they're in cover um and then that fact that secondary then gives you cover as well you, right. even if it's an objective in the mo- in the open you suddenly in and it gives you heavy cover as well so you suddenly start to be able to get that naught plus save in combat
2: but Lewis, um, can the falchion do the action? The
0: falchion cannot do
3: the action. Oh, it, I'm yet to find a use for it.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> but no. I will
3: find one. The falchion can line of sight block whatever unit you have because it's so huge. Just park it in front. Ah, sit the unit yep. behind, and hopefully, when it explodes, it doesn't do enough mortal wounds to kill the unit on the objective. Luckily, there its damage are. output
0: and mortal wounds is rubbish as well. So even when it explodes, it doesn't <laughs> do damage. So a 700 point.
1: Piece of terrain that shoots and charges. I mean, yeah. I think we're building a picture here, guys. I think we're coming
0: together. I have, um, I'm yet to put it down on UKTC terrain, but I am slightly concerned it won't actually be able to move because it's too big it, and it won't it fit in the gaps gap. in the terrain. So yeah. it's basically going to be a case where you put it somewhere, and that's where I have to stay the whole game. <laughs> yeah, is I it can big see enough that. to
3: fully cover an objective? Can you sit it yes. on an objective? Ah, see, now I'm interested.
0: mm-hmm um, but you have to deploy it on the ten-inch deployment zones. You have to deploy it sideways um, <laughs> because it doesn't fit.
3: <laughs> oh God! That is... I I don't think I fully appreciate how big this falchion is. It's a I monster. This is it yeah. bigger
1: than a Bane blade?
0: Yeah. So the actually the model this the, I don't you a, a whole different thing on how I get angry about Forge odd models, but it's basically you build a Bane blade, and then you build the falchion around the outside. So it literally yeah. it's it's like a it's like a shell that fits around the outside of the Baneblade. So it's a good sort of inch or so in all directions, bigger than the Baneblade. Um, and it's already, the Bain blade's already a big model. <laughs> they are pretty big, yeah. So you, you, I could hide my entire, I could put 30, 40 Marines behind it and you would never be able to see them or shoot them.
1: <laughs> Just like gradually working your way up the battlefield.
0: <laughs> you can't see blinded. me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I want to say, yeah, I think you probably need two of them, mate and just form like a triangle, a spearhead, (laughs) arrowhead move.
0: (laughs) Don't make me build another one, Chris. I don't want to. (laughs)
1: Um, Anyway, so that's um, Tao, Imperial Fists, Orcs and Knights, all the big players. Um, Obviously, I've been playing Harlequins for a very long time now, and they were a huge force in the meta. And um, every time they got nerfed, people went, that's the end of Harlequins. And every time that happened, it wasn't the end of Harlequins and they carried on doing really, really well. And this time we got a five-up in one and everyone went, they'll be fine. And having had now a fair few games with them, I'm here to say, tell you, it is not that fine. Um <laughs> It obviously depends on the sort of maps you're playing on. I think if you were playing on like, I don't know, WTC heavy boards or that sort of thing, I think it's still in a really good place because their scoring is still exceptional. Or you could be an incredible player, someone you know who just uses the faction incredibly well, and you would generally be okay. But they've lost enough of that, like that, um, that staying power. The amount of games I've had, it doesn't really seem a game went by when I had the four-up invent. Where my opponent went, oh, I can't believe that thing didn't die. um, or didn't die. And I'm like, well, I can because it, you've just got the minus ones to hit, the no re rolls, the um, four pin and There's just in maybe minus one to win. There's just enough stacking up that it's not gonna go quite how you plan it. Um, and that meant you often stayed in the games. It meant you could go out in the open, do your shooting, and not really be cared about or not really care about being shot back. Whereas now you just do not have that staying power. I mean, as we spoke about in the last episode, I played Vic, and the Aldair shooting just ripped through. I spent the whole weekend basically just getting shot to shit. Um, and it just, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience. I believe the win rate is still pretty solid, um, but you're going to see more and more people moving away, um, I think, over time. Um, it definitely seems like kind of the 7-8 boat list is the way forward if you are playing Harlequins. Um, the problem is you've got so many guard players out there who are running mortars um, and that just obviously picks up 10 mans for fun so therefore 10 mans, if you want to try, we're thinking of this from the, I want to go 4-1-5-0 perspective right, um, you're probably going to run into guard, the other issue is you might well run into custodies and custodies are a horrible matchup, um, they're basic on certain missions in particular um, it's just a 0-20 and there's nothing you can do about it um, and custodies are obviously very popular in the meta as well so you take those two sorts of things, and you're going in thinking, well, the best I can probably realistically do, unless you are an incredible player, is kind of like a three-two kind of um, goal. So it depends what you're happy with, but it's, it's just so um, less so less forgiving now. I think it's not a not a particularly great time for them, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that's um, really
0: interesting because I always thought that um, Harlequins played at their best when they were dictating what you could and couldn't shoot at. I was, and you know better than me, Chris, anyway, but I always thought that you kind of assume that if you put something, even when you had your four-up in you put something in the way and that could be seen, it would just die, and you would assume yeah. that there was going to die. So um, it just, in my head, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to change that much. You just, you definitely know it's going to die if you leave it out in the open. I think you that, that what's changes the, the
2: amount like, your opponent has to put into it to kill it, mm-hmm. and it's the guarantees. Like, coming at it from the Tau the side of it, it's it was an extremely difficult matchup when they had a four up save it's almost swung all the other way around now you've got the ability to be much more aggressive because you know you're just going to pop these transports and then you've yeah. got the ability to wipe out what comes out yeah uh, whereas before you didn't and you have that risk of leaving yourself exposed
0: so it's actually enabling your opponent to play better around you rather than anything that you can do to stop it
1: yeah yeah I, and you're, what you say there, Lewis, is what we all felt as Harlequin players. or I felt anyway. I was like, everything that goes out to die just dies anyway. So what's the problem? But actually, you just kind of gloss over the fact that, no, 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 you were getting shot. You just weren't dying as much. Like, you know, every time you put yourself out to shoot, you are probably going to get shot back, right? And now when you get shot back, that boat dies and the troop gets out. Um, and then the troop dies. Um, whereas before, that boat would probably take quite a lot. Maybe would survive, and you just had that resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't just stick out some boats and shoot your shuriken. Um, you couldn't go up really close to someone and fire your fusion at six inches. You uh, really can't do that anymore if you hope to try and survive on the fight back. So, um, so yeah. So that's kind of obviously our own perspectives on our army. So let's move to the, the general picture. Um, let's talk about the big winners. Obviously, you may have noticed we've spoken about Dark Angels a bit. Um, Dark Angels are probably generally considered the, the, the nastiest. Um, Ed, any other big winners um, at the moment in the current meta?
3: So, obviously, we've got custodies are doing well. Iron Hands are doing well. Surprisingly, like, not surprisingly, worryingly well, I think, when you factor in the sort of melee trading build with the the Van Vets and the Whirlwind of Rage, Might of Heroes, whatever it's called. Um, Demons, I think, are looking really good at as well. Gene Sealer Cult concerns me, but that's more because I'm a Tau player, uh, (laughs) and also they're just inherently awful to play against because you want to do things and they don't let you. Um, Yeah, it's it's difficult to say. What I'm more surprised about is the, the armies that are doing poorly. Um, I wasn't expecting to see Sisters of Battle, for example, fall off so much. Uh, But I think that's more that they're just so easy to play around with their deterministic threat ranges. They're very,
4: you know know
3: what they can do. Um, I'm interested to see how World Eaters are going to do. My initial take on them was that they just there's no way they can be good. They're a fully melee army. How could they possibly do well? I think that's going to be wrong. Um, because they score so many points
4: um, <laughs> okay. you kill
3: you kill their models and they score points, you, you know, they kill models they score points, and also the, the pre-game 11 inch move on two units of 8 bound plus the Lord Invocatus or whatever jank they have um, yeah, no, I'm actually really looking forward to playing against world leaders, um, and I think they're really well positioned into the meta, because they can put the pressure down on a lot of the armies that don't want to be pressured by melee <laughs> at the moment I don't think Chaos Demons particularly love being pressured in melee. The saves are obviously worse. Gene Stellar Cult, hate it, especially if you're nice and fast. Um, They might well have the punch to deal with Terminators. I don't know. I haven't really looked at the output. I just know that it is big and it is scary. Um, So yeah, I think World Eaters is going to be my one to watch. That's what I'm looking at at the moment.
1: Okay, cool. Well, thanks for completely ruining the order of my questions there. Um, <laughs> uh, so what will now completely smoothly change through is, so he's kind of given us a winner, loser, and a surprise. So that's how we're now going to transition to. Uh, so Aaron, can you give us a winner, a loser, and a surprise from the, in the current Arcs of Moment meta? Uh,
2: I think... What we will see as a winner, and obviously I'm probably going to be a bit biased on this, is going to be the Orcs. Okay. Because I think they go well into the other armies that are sitting at the top, like GSC, World Eaters. Um, I, I think they've got a game into Dark Angels as well and, I, I, and they're good into Guard. It looks like that it's surprising the amount of ways they've got to um, take down vehicles, etc. And they've even got game into knights for the Gatekeeper Army. Um, so I do, I do think that they will be seen to be a decent winner. That's it's hovering, it's been hovering around in the top five armies, and I think that could go higher. Um, loser, I don't know actually on the loser. I think I'm surprised by how far Tower fallen. I thought they would sit more around the 50 and not drop off too much. But again, it seems to be more a lack of understanding on how to get the correct build put out. But I'm I'm surprised by how much they lost. I didn't expect that to happen as much. Um, And as a surprise, I can't obviously say World Eaters now. But (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I think the surprise will be um, AdMech.
0: Oh, that
2: was going to be my surprise. <laughs> I'm reading Lewis's notes, here, and I'm just like, "Yep." Yeah, oh,
0: and <laughs>
2: nice one, Aaron. Well such a but, uh, Yeah, I think so. I think again, I think there's something there, and like, it's been shown. Like some guy, uh, someone in Australia won a uh, a GT with them. And they still have a very low win rate at the moment, but yeah, I think they're going to be surprisingly good. Excellent. So. Thank you, um,
0: Lewis. So. uh, your surprise was ADMEC. Did you have different reasons for that? Uh, just just a, a couple of things to expand on Aaron's point about the ADMEC. Obviously, they, they, they've got quite a low win rate, which is which is so these the surprise to me, because they they've got all their tricks back, which made them so good at the start of the edition. The only thing they don't have is the planes, obviously. But other than that, I think all of those annoying lists where the infantry auto wound and all that sort of stuff, they've, they've got all that back, and, and infantry really hard to kill and things like that. So... I think there's a lot of admate lists that get over the Dark Angels matchup by going by skipping the wound step. They've got volume of models they can put on objectives. Those chickens are great anti vehicle, anti tank, anti dreadnought stuff, a really reliable damage on those. Um they can tech to avoid the Alpha Strike by getting the cover and getting all the getting the plus ones that they save and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of tricks there that I think make them play very well into the current top lists so it is quite surprising to see them so low um
1: you had an ad player at your event did you harley
0: i had harley yes yeah so he came he went four and one third or second second or third i think he was third but yeah he had 120 uh vanguard and the rest chickens
2: um so uh do you you think the reason that this is the reason i think it's lower than if you agree like the win rate etc is People don't want to jump on that. It's not an easy army to jump on, mm. build, not an easy army to paint up, not an easy army to learn how to play. So if you're going to hop to things, exactly. you're going to hop to things, easier.
0: Yeah, I think if, if you are that sort of player that w- wants to chase it round, there are easier ways to get wins at the moment because mm. regardless of, uh, of whether we think they're strong or not, to play ad mech properly, you've got so many overlapping buffs, you've got so much command phase stuff that needs to work, you've got so many different auras and ranges and, and buffs that work on some units but don't work on others that you've really got to get your head around that to get it done get it done properly. Um, and, I, and I imagine that there might be some players that can play at the top level. We'll just look at that and we'll go, well, I could do that and hurt my brain for a whole weekend or I could take Iron Hands and just yeah. win very easily against the
1: majority of stuff. And you've also got the point that people who did hop on to AdMech when the book was strong were buying four to six planes. Um, And so they don't actually have the existing collection. You know, like I've, I thought I'd have enough. I've probably got about 3000 points of AdMech and quite a lot of that is tied up in planes. And so I was like looking, I made a list of all my models, which aren't planes. I was like, okay, I have like 2,300 points here. And um, the rest was in all the, like the bombers and stratoruptors. So People who, I mean, I don't, I'm going to buy another couple of less chickens for my um, list. But other than that, I really don't want to be building them. playing. So At I think all, yeah. people aren't going to just transition. Obviously, there are the diehard AdMet players out there and those who do have the 100 and, 120 Rangers and Vanguard. But
0: is it that fun, as you said? Like, just. Shoveling those. Yeah. That's the, the endless, or... the endless argument about whether you should run a horde army or not. Although yeah. I'd, I'd say Harley did really well with it in uh, at the Saffron Slam. He um, he basically crushed everyone in front of him until he ran into Votan, who do what he does and ignore the wound roll. So all yeah. of his transhuman stuff, all of that stuff just went out the window. Yeah. Um, so his resilience that he was kind of building into his army just got switched off. And suddenly his units were getting picked up by handfuls at a time. So he it was it was going really, really well. And I think if he hadn't gone into Votan, he probably could have gone and won that event. Um if, if even if he run into guard or tower and have a really strong shooting army, he would have just I think he would have cleared them up on points. Um, so but are... the Votan just pick you up so quickly with that auto wounding on fours that um, especially when you've got big units of big units of
1: checking their army to kill that sort of that sort of thing at the moment, aren't they? Um, no, actually, uh, so, have you got a winner and a loser then?
0: Yes, I was going to be a bit left field on my winners and losers, if that's all right. Um Please take, steer you slightly away from the competitive edge yep. um, before we tumble into the abyss of being slightly better than bang average. Um, <laughs> I think this addition, potentially, and I would like to get the input of those players that I'm about to talk about, I think there's a big group of players in our community that, like to build fluffy armies that match a certain head cannon that they've got um but that might not necessarily previously have fit into battalions or things like that so players that like to go full guard vehicles or or want to go for all dreadnoughts or killer cans or something like that i think the the new detachment system and actually, what I mean by that is some of those players, they might just be playing fluffy stuff, but they either go to events or want to play at their their local store with legal armies. They don't want to just bring everything. They want to actually make it make sense in terms of a, a structured army. So I think the new detachment has allowed players that want to kind of, not necessarily do the cutting edge stuff, they they want to just take all their dreadnoughts or they want to take all of their tanks or things like that. It's got a lot more scope to do that. So I think that potentially is a is a big win for players that do that. Potentially, I, I, I'd be interested. I say interesting those players' thoughts really because they're, they're not going to be the ones that you see at the top tables, but they're probably having a blast with it. I hope.
1: Yeah, I would fully agree with that. Anyone else? You're asking I, the I wrong think person. we rather. all agree because <laughs> we're not all fluffy players, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> it's yeah. It's uh, as you say. It's that idea of. Um, being able to run what you want and not yeah. be restricted by those particular rules. And it obviously varies army to army. I mean yeah switching it very swiftly back to the competitive scene um Eldar, it, was, it was nice while it lasted yeah yeah um, elder Eldar are struggling with that because they've got they want to run lots of fast attack and they want they want to run lots of um elites and um you can only have three of one of those mm-hmm. um so yeah it can definitely affect in different ways but yeah as yeah. you say that idea of the all the dreadnoughts all the tanks and that sort of thing i think is um
3: just to I pivot off really that cool. slightly sorry it is a bit off topic but does do you expect to see harlequin patrols added to Eldar armies now that you're struggling to fit the the faster mm-hmm. or the more elite? yeah 100
1: um yeah the the general consensus at the moment is definitely that um the harlequin patrol is improving Eldar armies um for one main reason which is the death jester of doom um because for those of you who don't know, he's a simple soul of an assassin with a humble three shots. However, if you roll a six on those three shots, you get um, some additional hits. Uh, three additional hits, in fact. And you think, well, wow, that's three dice. You know, It's only 50% of the time you're going to roll a six. Well, fortunately, you can turn one of those dice into a six. Um, and you would be surprised the amount of times you roll one or two sixes anyway. And it's I've used him 10 times so far, and three times I've rolled two sixes and turned the other one into a six. And that guy... And you feel like you're rolling the number of shots? No, no, no. You've already hit 12 times with a strength six, minus two, or minus four damage, two damage shot. Um, that picks up uh, Marines very well. And Marines are obviously quite abundant in the meta. So that's really strong. You've then got the Shadow Seer potentially as your leader who um, can have some access to some good powers. Or the Troop Master who runs really far and fails to kill anything. But <laughs> your opponent is really scared of the Troop Master that runs really far and fails to kill everything. So um, there's that. And then you can, you, know, you can just run one or two units of five in a boat. You know, And we know how annoying they are. Um, you know, you've got those Shuriken shots. You've got People are running Twilight. Tom with his Drakari. is running um, Twilight. You know, all those movement shenanigans. Still punch pretty well. You know, 20, all combat weapons. That's like 25 attacks at strength 4, minus 2, 2 damage. Auto wounding on sixes to hit. Mortals on the charge. Mortals to wound. Um, you've got all these sort of like things which just give them that extra oomph. And then they're also piling in and consolidating five inches. Um, so, yeah, the that harlequin patrol is what where you will see them now and everyone's kind of plugging them in really um yeah definitely um
0: lewis did you have anyone else a loser? I, I do have a loser and Excellent. it might be a controversial loser because you guys have already player. been to a load of competitive events this year um so in my head when i'm thinking about 40k i when i think of a traditional list i think of a list that has some characters in it some troops in it some fast stuff some tanks i i think in the new meta where a lot of people are taking into lots of big guns or lots of combat or or kind of be building a lot of these skew lists i think a lot of those people that like to take just like a traditional normal list of 40k that kind of does a bit of everything yeah i think those players are going to start to struggle. Um, and i wonder if that is a loss for the overall competitive scene and i'm again really interested to get your thoughts when the scene starts teching into lots of extreme stuff are there people caught in the middle that end up having a bad time
3: when has that not been the case would be my point like when when has there been a meta where we did have you know sort of beer hammer armies that were competitive like if i think back everything has been some sort of skew if we go back to um the beginning of ninth you had vanguard vets for marines then we went into admec we went to well dark angels then we went into admec then we went into orks um and it's all just been sort of you're taking 120 rangers and some planes you're taking 18 buggies you're taking i don't remember a time where there was a more balanced um, I think probably the, the six months
0: before Arcs of Omen came out, when all the codexes bar guard and demons had basically been released and we didn't have Buggy Spam, we didn't have all the admex stuff, a lot of that had been reined in, the custodians had been reined in a bit and we were we we're in a bit more of balancing. Obviously we had some issues with Tyranids um in some respects. Um but I just I think I thought the last six months before Arcs of Omen came out felt to me like you could kind of bring anything and you do okay and the key to winning wasn't necessarily to spam the biggest nastiest stuff you could find i think there were lists that were winning that were a bit more balanced and a bit more it, it, you needed some troops you needed some guns you needed some combat you needed a bit of everything to do well yeah i
1: guess you take like the emperor's children list the uh one lgt and that sort of thing and that was um you know, you had your blocker Terminators, you had Abaddon, but you had your Noise Marines, which were shooting, and you know, that sort
0: of thing. Um, so I, I, a... What I don't know is if we've just skewed too far that way and we're actually damaging the experience for, for players that don't try and play towards the top end.
2: Well, I sort of took your comment in a different way, and I, I do agree with you. Like, I do think it is a bit of a loss, but I thought it more of people's ability to bring the army they want to bring, like as we said earlier the traditional elder build is elites and fast attacks there's like quite a few of them you can't do that anymore so you can't build a traditional elder army which is competitive yeah but also is enjoyable and what you want to make from your hobby side of things so i think that is a bit of a loss for me um yeah oh. yeah i think it's interesting you just dis- you
0: disincentivize troops you disincentivize variety slightly i think i don't know tricky i don't know what the correct answer is um but i'm not entirely sure this is it this is kind of the, the classic end of edition thing though isn't it just take what you New want and game. go for it <laughs>
1: yeah that's so, yeah, interesting
0: right um, so i am now going
1: to put you on the spot here um each of you are going to give me one thing that you should be trying to build into your lists doesn't matter what i want a general faction a general tip for something just to help you, based off of how we are seeing the current meta, we've got any volunteers to go first and let the other give the others time to think. I have one
0: thing that might make go on, my help you save the day. Um, I think one thing we all need to be considering is, or just reconsidering, is the resilience of units in our army lists. Um, I think previously I mean obviously there's still some you look at the Deathwing and all that sort of stuff, there are still some very resilient stuff out there. I think with the amount of killing that's available nowadays, and that's probably something that's been kind of trending through ninth edition, but um it I think it's very difficult to rely on something surviving out in the open or, or even not necessarily out in the open if you're playing guard. Um I think you've got a much higher risk of losing something you thought might actually survive previously. Um so I think when you when you're looking at your lists something that you previously thought was going to be something that could just sit in the middle and take firepower. Might be a reason why something like Death Guard's not doing so well at the moment. I don't think necessarily you can rely on that to take any more firepower. So I think you just need to go back into your previous, your, your Nephilim or your, um, your Nackman lists and just go, well, that I was going to take because it, it can take a Tau shooting phase in the face and still be standing at the end of it. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think you need to be very careful about what you put out in the open. And I don't think you can rely on something big and
2: sturdy standing in the middle interesting who's next i'll go up um go i yeah, think sure. you've got to um take into account mobility that like you need to have mobility in your army now i think because really like player. similar to what lewis was saying where it is so damage heavy and you can just have units absolutely wiped out you have to have the ability to either move between pieces of terrain jump out for objective jump to get angles on your opponent etc so i think one of the main things at the moment and maybe double down with how good behind enemy lines is now i think you need mobility in your list
0: so what you're saying is a tank that can't actually move (laughs) so big might not have been a wise decision (laughs) is there any way to put it in reserve like not reserves i deep strike deep strike i mean sure put really a big parachutes on it you'd have to get a yeah. pretty big parachute even even just to drop the model in you need a big parachute let alone <laughs> what it would be needing real
2: life could you imagine trying to find space i'm actually have
0: to measure the dimensions of it i think it's like 15 inches long and about nine and a half inches wide so it's a beast. Yeah, Sorry, it's, no, it's, You're making a very time. good point, Aaron. A very good competitive point is being made there, and I'm ruining it with with yellow models. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, Ed. What's your secret sauce? So I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to take a little bit of both aspects. Classic hey, Tower. Tau. Tau. Classic <laughs> Tau. Uh, well, funnily enough, you uh, said. <laughs> I think Tower one of the few armies that can have that fantasy where they have you know a bit of troops. You've got your breaches and your devilfish. You've got your, your tanks, you've got your riptides, you've got your commanders, you've got you know you've got a traditional army. N- nobody wants to see it across the table from them. Like who enjoys playing into Tau? <laughs> nobody, but you know, no it makes one. Me feel great. Um, <laughs> I've got staging on the brain. I think I'm really concerned um, for how I'm going to play into armies that can stage efficiently. Yeah.
4: Um,
3: I like playing shooting armies, and staging is very effective into that. And now that marines are so cheap. They can just replenish their staging units over and over again. Um, I've, I've played a few practice games into armies that do that well, and it is miserable. It is very difficult to deal with. So I think you want a fast unit that can deal with those staging armies. So it needs to be something that's fast, as Aaron was saying. We also need something with the output to deal with them. I'm looking at a couple of crisis bodyguards with um, cyclic irons and then burst cannons and just going to go, here's 140 points I will pick up you know, or new to two squads of fan vets. Um, so I think that's what I'd be looking at. Look at your terrain. How are you going to interact with the things that your opponent wants to send to you? That's what I'd be looking at my list.
1: Yeah, I think... And this is just making me think of uh, playing like FIFA or Pro Evo on your uh, the PS4, where it was just all about speed. Get fast wingers, get fast attackers, and then you just win. And it feels like... Um, Someone needs to tell it switch town. That <laughs> um, now we're doing very well. Uh, like I think just that element of that speed because it, it means that you can get places to screen quickly. Um, you know, there's there isn't really an army in the game that can kill those fifty Deathwing Terminators. So how do you stop them from getting where they need to be? Um, well, well, I reckon I could screening... kill them. Huh? I reckon I could kill them. You reckon? Violent. Well, you're. Yeah falchion's gonna
0: work uh, uh, Fal- yeah okay no i'm talking about knights here i'm not talking are you about peel for not got a chance in hell well, but... we'll have to get that paul sounds like you've got a
1: challenger mate yeah um we're gonna have to sort that out um that harpoon will kill
0: um, if if i get the four to wound it will kill yeah. two in one shot because it'll do 10 damage to one of them three mortal wounds to the next one so that's Excellent. two of them down straight off the bat Done. Well,
3: don't forget they have minus one damage on the big squad so it'll only actually do nine damage okay them. well yes no fair yeah. enough well i've definitely only killed two then they've got a sick fill of pain if they roll hot
1: <laughs> it could be all the difference um yes yeah, so i think i think just the speed of to get to those places is going to be so important so you've kind of all said speed so i'm just going to say mortal wounds i think um with lots of um these resilient builds out there you know the death ring mean, what does um what does paul hate he hates mortal wounds and um Getting that ability, we all know Mortal wounds are super powerful in the game anyway, and I think if you can kind of get those, because we're not in a particularly hoardy match uh, meta until we get to you know 120 Admic Rangers and Vanguard everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, having that ability to deal with those elite infantry just for free um, and skip that kind of that resilience, I think could be quite handy. It's why you're seeing you know um, nearly nearly every Eldar list has got the um, bow guy, the bow here, who mm. can do um, one or two mortal wounds with um, that quite consistently. One or two? One or two. <laughs> um, using the, um, using like, the fate and wound dice. I meant per hit. Oh, um, my apologies. my apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously if you've got um, Oh no, you've... I
0: lost the drone! <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: if you've got um, Hail of Doom as well, you know, that's extra, extra strong um so just those see are there any ways you can just get in those um those mortal runes potentially um but yeah i think that's that's a pretty hefty coverage so what we'll do is we'll go through some listener questions um and then we'll call it a day so are we ready so tar- dark techno dom our number one fan um has asked a few questions on instagram and he said what are the top three factions in 40k okay so you're each going to say one at the same time. Okay, pick it in your head. Yep. Are we ready for this, Right. Three, two, one. Imperial Fists.
3: I was going to say Dark Angels,
1: but... Uh... Okay, so Dark Angels, Orcs, and Imperial Fists. Excellent. Those are the top three factions for you. Um, World Eaters, hot or not? Oh, hot. Hot, absolutely. Yeah, definitely hot. They have no shirts on. Like, that's hot. <laughs> no, that is the definition <laughs> of hot. Um... <laughs> Scrivo asked um, at teams, would we have changed any of our faction choices? Imperial Fists. Um, so, in the, in my team, um, if only Jamie Clifford could have taken Zinch Demons <laughs> instead of Power. <laughs> um, if only someone uh, would have thought of it. Or even Grey Knights, that would have been quite handy. Um, but he let the team down and like just kept going on about wanting to take Tao. And uh, we were one of the very few teams that took Tao. So I guess
0: that's on Jamie Clifford, really. God uh, forbid he should want to play with his toys. Oh. Yeah. So about that <laughs> no. tournament we've got coming up, I really am enjoying Tao at the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of listeners who don't know, this is uh, we are, of course, joking because we told Jamie, could you run Tao? And then he wasn't the best pleased with it as we we built into the event what um, i want to do
0: some another team's event in the future want now i'm here and you can't get rid of me yeah. i'm contractually locked in Absolutely. i'm going to make a six plus plus team that just takes weird stuff <sighs> i want, no, I want that... a t- just a separate team so you proper players yeah. can go and do what you want to do team um, weirdos uh, Team weirdos. we can go in and go right we are going to take some fashions we are going to take some values <laughs> we're going to take we're going to take the um, that's just you. you drew Carey. The Drukari Titan thing, whatever it is, the big boat. Tans- uh, that's Tantalus. that's it. Oh, they actually were, they? Well, we're definitely I mean, bringing that then. If, you, if uh, we play that, uh, nice downhill,
3: they have a lot of shots that you can buff.
0: Yeah. yeah. Taking it's a nice Town R. Ed's going to bring his Town R. Thousand oh. um, points of goodness. And we're going to have one person that's just got a Warhound. So that's his 2,000 points. Um, Excellent. Well, you guys enjoy that. We will. Um, we'll have more fun than you. Yeah. <laughs> And then when um, we beat you, you'll be in tears. <laughs> that, would, that would be perfect. Exactly.
1: Um, so let's go over to the Discord. So if you are a member of our Discord, we have like nearly 80 people now on our Discord. Um, then uh, That's just people... the 6++ team. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah, it's just our horde. <laughs> um, so let's go through these questions. So um, what has happened to sisters? Where is the faithful? Says Paint Celestine. Where have they gone, guys?
0: Why aren't they doing well? I didn't pray hard enough. That's the problem. That's
2: sick. Simple. Uh, I think because... Well, I think essentially because they had such a strong scoring game before and it was quite easy to do that, it garnered a lot of uh, people using it for that effect. And I think now because you've got to reset and try and figure it all back out again so they had a decent uh, changes to their secondaries to hurt how that works. And um, And you really need to look at the lists again. I think people have just been turned off by it and haven't looked to actually um, figure that out yet. I don't think they're as bad as they seem with everyone dropping them, but I think it's just a a bit of that. There's shinier, easy things to go and grab. Yeah, we do keep
0: coming back to that point, don't we? That there's easier things to win with, therefore everyone just seems to have gone to that.
2: So I'm not sure that what that says about everybody. I I suppose (laughs) I don't mean it in the sense of easy to win with. I guess it's more a lot of people have multiple armies in their collection and yeah. they each only get a certain time to shine. So do I want to try and desperately figure out how to make the sister sing or do I want to have a go with my space marines that everyone has space marines that they can actually use yeah. now and are effective? So I think yeah. it's more that's the angle I'm sort of pointing towards.
1: And you've also built your army to be competitive in a certain meta. You built your sister's army. Oh, I've got a sister army. This is great. And then suddenly what that is, those specifics don't actually work anymore. And then you then have to start experimenting. We don't have the models. And do you actually want to start experimenting or do you want to go back to something else? Mm. Think, you know, like 30 sacrosancts, valorous heart. Boom. Stick them in them. Stick them in your opponent's face, see what happens. You know, people don't have 30 sacrosancts, right? So it's it's, you've got to kind of get out there and push but obviously the thing that was holding them above board was Armour of Contempt and um, their they're, they're secondaries and those things have changed so I think that's going to be a thing I
0: wonder when the hobby lag hobby lag ends they start going back up again yeah, once people yeah. have got whatever the new hotness is mm. um, if everyone in the 6++
1: team were Inquisitors this is asked by our very own Lewis who would be the first to order an exterminatus?
2: No, if I can't pick myself, <laughs> it would be a Paul. Paul,
1: you reckon he's the no-nonsense guy that would just kill a whole world? Yep.
2: Yeah. If Where's someone darker? found a way to
1: wound him on threes, that's it. <laughs> 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 that is true. That's what is retribution, <laughs> right there. Excellent. Um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. How did you guys prepare for the pairing system? Did you use a matrix or did you have a rough idea and discussion previous to the event of matchups you'd look to into a void? avoid? Um, we prepared one matrix for our first game and that was it. Um, before each of the other games, we did try to prepare a matrix and then we weren't quite sure how useful it was and didn't really understand it. So we just went with our gut and sometimes it worked. not it didn't but that is one thing we're going to be looking to use more of next time because obviously there's a reason i don't think going into a matrix is in depth as like the wtc teams so they kind of have like have five different categories per match um and i think you just need to have an incredible understanding of the specific matchups when the games are played perfectly i think these matchup these sorts of grids don't allow for player skill you say, oh, I think it's a green, I think it's a red, I think it's an orange. You might just be a much better player than them, or a much worse player in the case of when I played Vic. So I think you kind of... That's harsh. Have to Vic's great. You <laughs> can a much worse player. <laughs> <laughs> you out, know, Vic. you out, know, mate. Um, so, yeah, I think, but I think going into it and having an idea of those three, three different colours, I think it's probably good. I think um, for the
0: F- WTC as well, I think obviously the field is a lot smaller the ITT, how many teams were there? A couple of oh, hundred? 60.
1: There's only 60 teams. Oh, 60
0: teams. We're still okay. Building a matrix for 60 teams. I think yeah. from, from what I've listened to in other shows about how they prep for the WTC, they will actually look at each of the other teams in and the WTC it. and do yeah. Matrixes, yeah. matrices for each of those teams. So they can just whip it out whenever yeah, they really. they draw against that particular just Whip it out. <laughs> <So good. laughs> whenever um... they get against that team. So, that's a lot easier to do uh, on us in a smaller field
1: and what we are going to do is um think about building a potentially a whole team matrix and just like update it over time so just be like you know the tower players oh you've played this game how did it go and just have some idea and i think that would help um as two five-man teams did you prepare individually or have a 10-man group team effort um in picking the faction balance of the teams and game plan for pairing matchups as a mix of both we had a cold group chat where we chatted all sorts of things and ideas and then near the event we split off and had our own group chats as well and we tried to make the um we, t- we the way we selected players was kind of there was an element of like success in tournaments but there was also an element of making sure we had factions spread across the board so um when is the right time? This is from Scrivo, When is the right time to shelf an army from being an option to take events? So, as in, when does the uphill struggle become self harm? I think it's a really interesting question. Actually, it's a shame Davy's not here because uh, <laughs> love to leave this one. When you but stop it, having fun, mm, yeah, 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 it's what's what are you getting out of the hobby? I think, and yeah. we all get different things out of the hobby. But in my perspective, it's uh. Am I enjoying something? So for me, Harlequins, if I'm still enjoying playing them, great. But the specific lists that I need to be taking, I don't seem to do that well with anyway. I don't enjoy playing just all boats. I liked having my 10 mans. I liked having my bikes to do things. I'm not getting to use those if I want to do reasonably well. So I'm not interested in playing them anymore. Um, I, th-
0: I think everyone, everyone has their own different motivations, don't they? Yeah, um, exactly. I know from my perspective, I'm motivated by doing something that people aren't expecting. So you probably you won't see me jumping around to, to new armies that are good because that's just not what I enjoy. Um and I'm sure I could probably make myself a much better player if I did follow things around with better and and, and build my lists a bit better, but I tend to build my lists from an idea in my head that I think looks cool and then build a list around that and then try and make that work in whatever the, the competitive setting is and I enjoy trying to solve a problem with a list that isn't optimal. Um, and I enjoy Getting to a point where I can take that list and I can play against some of the best players and I can hold my own, even with something that's not supposed to be the most amazing thing in the world. So uh, it just very much depends. And, and it, and, but that's not easy, is it? So if, uh, if, if you don't yeah, enjoy yeah. that, then you've got to do what you enjoy. As Aaron says, if you don't enjoy it, you need to do something different because it's we, a hobby at the end of the day, isn't it? We're not here to uh, oh, do anything but have fun. Yeah, it's business. Well, okay, well, yeah, okay. Uh, Chris, is, Chris is here to, to yeah. quid and get as much money out of us as possible. But Yeah, uh, absolutely, it's...
1: mate. It's <laughs> quid every two months. <laughs> Ed, it. Ed, for you, is it
3: when you run out of modern earth? <laughs> <laughs> i'll have you know that i have multiple armies painted in different texture paints thank you <laughs> i did sandstone necrons uh st- necrons sandstone necrons <laughs> in eighth edition and then they were in the ninth edition box set and i was like oh no now everyone has sandstone necrons and i didn't come up with the idea but you know they were
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. not I've as, like
3: yeah and then i did um my orcs which i actually have one here which I bought. Oh, you can't see it at all because my lighting's terrible. Never mind. Um, it's it's got a rust paint on it that you then put water over the top. So that was another texture paint. Um, I think I've just done pe- texture paints for all of my armies because they're faster to paint. I can't think of the last time. I've never met paint anyone before. who does that. Yeah. Sounds like a new video series. Texture oh, paints with it. That's a lie. I've got some red custodies which were painted with actual paints, which is you know disappointing. Ah. Uh, but no, just Ed, Ed, when you
2: do the video, can you dress as Bob Ross? Bob Ross, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have an easel, leave the, the canvas in the background. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: you could probably you probably could with texture paint. Get that. um, we'll okay. have a
0: series on weird armies with weird models in it and weird painting techniques that work. Yeah. Snappy okay. title. I'm liking it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> rolls I'm... off the tongue. <laughs> Marketing's never my forte. <laughs> and that's not what I was brought here to do. Technical paint and me by it. Technical paint
1: and <laughs> <Yeah>. me.
0: <laughs>
3: and the technical oh, I don't know. Painting.
0: Workshop
1: it. Um, in your time this is from Connor. In your time playing 40K, what have you felt has been the most oppressive list that you have ever played against? For me, it was the Iron Hands Leviathan build from eighth. Um so What's the thing that you've played against and you've gone, I have got no chance at all? Have you ever played that game? I played that game once. Um, I played into Raven Guard in eighth, and um, I was Necrons, and they went first, and I lost 1,200 points in my army, turn one, um, just to all chargey, all shooty, um, and all out of line, of sighty shit. And uh, it was... A miserable experience, but I was still really drunk from the night out before. So <laughs> swings in the and those two, things, those two things are definitely not linked. So, anyone else? What's the most oppressive thing you've played into?
0: I have. I, I was. I was thinking about seventh edition, as just as an edition as a whole. That was pretty oppressive. But more recently, there have been two occasions where I've lost my entire night army in one round of shooting and that was imperial fists and there's nothing to do with me picking them up now this is when they <laughs> had damage three on the heavy bolters and ap3 on everything oh. and um i uh, we were playing on a board at an event that had not that much terrain on it so uh, i had nowhere to hide it was all land speeders and um, dreadnoughts and i lost every single night in the first round of shooting and then the second time I've lost it, that so pretty impressive. Second time I've lost everything in one round of shooting was when Harlequins just came out um, in ninth edition. And they had all their stupid star weavers and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I it was on UKTC boards and everything as well, but they could move so fast. They just moved behind on the diagonal board. He put everything on the front line and just moved behind me um, and just killed everything. Uh, but one of the valiants did blow up and kill a uh, boat, so I got one point for bring it down. Um, so to call that a resounding success.
3: <laughs> I have realised that's how I pick a new army. I <laughs> I get beaten by something and go, that's that's great. I want to play yep. it. That's how I started <laughs> playing Necrons in eighth. I was at my first ITC event because I got back into the hobby in eighth. Uh, and I went one and four. I was like, oh, God, these are the big boys. Um, and in my last game, we were both one and three. I got wrecked by 8th edition Necron's. That was <laughs> humbling.
0: That's a low um, point.
3: Yeah. And then I played them and I had a great time. That was fun. Um, recently with the Tau, I lost to um, Brian Seep and um, Tony Chu. Both fantastic players. Both played yeah. Tau. Both smashed me. I was like, well, this Tau thing's pretty great. I'll never <laughs> <playing> this. <laughs> Um yeah, so obviously. Where's that modern nerf?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's around there what, somewhere. <laughs> whatever I lose to at my next event, that's gonna be the next army, I guess. Aaron? Um, I don't think I've been in it long enough really to have any oppressive things. Like it's it's not not fun playing Tau into Gene Stealers, Colts. Oh. Um but I don't think I've ever had a massively oppressive game. Maybe Necrons when they were all obsec pre game move, but yeah
1: interesting you say about the next one dead because actually i was playing gsc mm. and um i got into gsc because i had on a podcast that they were sounding pretty good and the new book wasn't even out yet this was in eighth mm. i was like i want to get ahead of the game here so <laughs> i got into gsc in a big way in eighth and then the book came out and they were very very good just so happened i was really really bad with them and nice. um i struggle with lots and lots of options so i'm a massive overthinker. i'll try and analyze all the options And when you've got 35 units in your army and you're starting 17 of them off the board and you've got your deployment phase, your redeployment phase, turn two and turn three, working out where you're putting all of these, it doesn't work. And I played into Mark's Necrons. I lost, as you know, I lost nearly every game of DSC. And I was like, this seems fun. They weren't particularly strong, but they seem fun and they seem to cover all the bases. That's how I went to That was a really boring story for you. Um, well, actually,
0: actually, Chris, I have an antidote for your uh, inability to deal with things that give you lots of options. Is what it you nice? Need to do... no, 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 it's even better. No. You need to take a tank that costs 700 points and <laughs> yeah, has yeah. one big gun on it that you can only shoot at one thing. Your option is which thing do I shoot at? Because you can't move it, so you don't have to worry about moving it. You can only deploy it in one location where it actually fits. And then you just shoot at one thing. Easy.
3: All your decision paralysis out the window. Loads of time left. to go for many beers once that thing dies. I have a fix for you not being able to move that on UKTC terrain. If you can't deploy a fortification in your deployment, you have to remove a piece of terrain. So you're going to (laughs) take whatever bit of uh, fortification doesn't fit on UKTC. Then you can remove a bit of terrain, put it down in such a way that you can move the falchion. And you could waste another 200 points on a Fortress of Redemption or whatever.
0: Genius! This is happening. Oh. <laughs> just so
3: you know, this is a fascinating
1: insight into our 6 plus plus WhatsApp group team chat <laughs> in which we uh, build lists just like this. Exit, um, right. Only a couple more questions to
0: so, go. Sorry, Chris. This is going on far too long because we're just whinging about Imperial Fists. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just cut all this out and it'll be like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. Um what is, is
1: this Tom's, what is Tom's Corn Demon list? Um, what do <laughs> you reckon Tom should take in versus. his Corn Demon list? Pardon?
3: I feel like you're asking the wrong people. He's, yeah, uh,
1: I mean, well, no, we're going to build it for Tom right now. Uh, what should he have in his Corn Demon list? Three um, units, Heavy Intercessors. Yep. Painted red, obviously. Painted red, obviously. <laughs> uh, I think we should run three Bloodthirsters, Scar Brand. Bloodletters. That's, that's all it is, really. Isn't it? Oh, you
3: can get Juggernauts, can't you? I have an actual answer. If, oh, if go on you then. want so I think you could do a really interesting corn list that is leaning on shooting, and that is obviously what I was going to say because I like guns. You <coughs> take three of the um, skull, cannons, skull Cannons, three yeah, right. Allied uh, War Dogs with the with just whatever guns you feel your list needs um, and you put then pressure, the rest of the like 1,200 points or whatever it is, you just take all the melee stuff, you know, the good stuff. All six units you've got to pick from, there's three of them that are great. Go yeah. wild. Um, but I think that is a way that you could play monocorn pretty effectively and then also get all the bonuses because obviously demons are really shoehorned if they want to take their warp storm locust stuff they have to go mono god in the arcs of moment attachment, and they don't get to to mess around so i think the, there is some actual play with as much shooting as you can fit in and then just 1200 points of melee
2: interesting and i reckon we make him go all flesh hounds and um juggernauts
1: <laughs> yeah that's fair. And that a, a follow-up question for our expert here. Ed, in your opinion, what texture paint should he use for his army?
3: Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's obviously a modern earth situation. Uh, if you you reckon go, everything
0: you know, is, is a modern earth situation?
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's a lava effect. So you can do a very easy lava effect. Corn, lava, that just makes sense. Uh, the other option is you could go granite, and you could do some sort of um, grey <laughs> see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. There's about six texture paints, and you go, "Well, that one works. What's the next one? Mm, mud, <laughs> gravel, sandstone." Uh, I do actually really like the. You see it with custodies. People do the sort of um statues, the aged statues with all the yeah, 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 the water damage and such. I think that's a really good look, but maybe not for corn demons.
1: No. so there you go, Tom. Um, some some weirdo called Elmo Miniatures has asked, "How Who's close that? to the bottom of the barrel would the Six Plus Plus team have to scrape to add someone born and bred in Essex to their team?" Um, hey. I'm- Wow, well, you know we've got you're really um, regretting
0: this decision already aren't yeah. you? it's well, we'll supposed see. to be a competitive it's podcast the contract <laughs> had its clauses so it was, you know, <laughs> which I deleted before I signed <laughs> yeah. um,
1: of course it's an absolute pleasure having people from Essex because we welcome people from all walks of life be it right at the top wrongs or from Essex <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> even the northeast even the northeast even the northeast, even um, the northeast. Them's, <laughs> them's fighting uh, words yeah <laughs> Um, but you've you've surrendered already. Your flag's in the background. We're fine. And, uh... <laughs>
3: that's that's such a typical southerner thing to th- say. You think that we have one flag, one one collective. We're all the same. <laughs> um,
1: and final question, which is actually a really good question, um, from Run Predictable If you had to pick a fantasy team tournament lineup from current players outside the police, of course. Who would it be and what army would they be on? So why don't we do this as a collective? So we'll each pick one player and put them on an army and we'll take them to a four-man team event. Um, I'm going to go Vic, VJ and Eldari um, because he is obviously a very strong player. He's going to be building up good knowledge of um, the team-based event with working with Team England. He analyses the game very well. And Eldari... Are incredibly strong at the moment um, in the right hands, so that's going to be that's
2: going to be my pick. Uh, I would go. Is it Anthony Vanilla, or okay. is there, he hates yeah, to be yeah. called Tony V? um yeah. with uh, World Eaters.
1: Yeah, so we've got World Eaters. We've got Craft Worlds. We're not having Imperial Fist, so don't even think about it. Oh, come on. (laughs) Chapter Master Valrak was almost there. (laughs) Um,
3: and Lewis, what are you thinking? I think the obvious answer is Porter on whatever he wants. Probably GSE. I think he's expressed some interest in... Just give him whatever he wants. um, Because, I mean, the guy's probably the best player in the world. I think that's not an unreasonable opinion to have. And it's it's either going to be him or Harpster, and Harpster's American. So it's obviously, yeah. obviously Porter.
1: And yeah, Mike Porter likes um, our GSC videos. Um, he's commented saying that he liked them. So maybe Mike Porter is listening right now, and we
3: don't know. If we are, hi Mike, big fan. If you're listening um... right now, get out of my house. This is That's <laughs> 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 well, very me. GSC of him. He, he seems
1: lovely, so... Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got <laughs> Mike Porter on GSC We've got Anthony Venena on uh, Wild Eaters And we've got Vic VJ on out. It's looking good And now no pressure Lewis But to round the All-Star team off
0: Well, speaking of someone in our house uh, He has a gun to my head at the moment So uh, I'm going to have to say Paul Bridge On Tyranids, obviously <laughs> <laughs> no. um, it genuinely Genu- Genu would be a very good addition to a team But I think if I'm being serious Probably someone like Ines Wilson And, yep. you know, and Tyranids I think even modern Tyranids You could probably find a way to make it work Would that be um, optimal? Do we, would we, well, do I'd, have I'd put him on GSC But if, if we've already put Mike Porter on GSC Then perhaps we're using uh, someone else
3: uh, but um, Basically, who is the fourth player Who's going to play Dark Angels yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And get I mean,
0: 20 uh, Adam Camilleri pretty good at Dark Angels isn't he yeah, <laughs> he's, well asked, he's Australian yeah. as well so it's not as bad as American <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, we, yeah. Think
3: we, think we feel favourably against uh, our, our Rosie brethren
0: <laughs>
3: so there you
1: go there you go one particular that's our really high quality and very deeply thought out answer for you yep. um, and with that this podcast comes to a close at bang on under two hours so that's impressive Um, bang on one hour 49 minutes and 80 (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, but I'm going to cut bits out so (laughs) remember that rubbish intro I did so um, thank you very much for joining Um, hopefully you've enjoyed us rambling on Um, and always head over to Discord ask us some questions um, let us know any topics you want us to cover um, Imperial Fists yeah and uh, apart from Imperial Fists and we will see you next time Bye. Right. See ya. See you later.